Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio of Tomorrow, which is what I've uh, titled this series of episodes since we usually do a play on the t- uh, the comic series title we are reviewing. Uh, we did Adventures of Supergirl Radio. We did uh, Supergirl Radio Rebirth. So I thought if that's okay with you, Morgan, if we could call sure. it uh, Supergirl Radio of Tomorrow for these episodes. Welcome <laughs> I to- like it. Welcome to Supergirl Radio of Tomorrow, your source for Tom King's comic book run on Supergirl, titled Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one, which was written by Tom King, penciled and inked by Bilquis, uh, is how Tom pronounced it. But I, when I look at that with my French uh, language background, I see, I see Bilqui, Bilqui. I don't know if that's Ooh. correct, but uh, Bill Quist Evely and colored by Matt Lopez. Uh, the description for this issue reads, quote, Cara Zorel has seen some epic adventures over the years, but finds her life without meaning or purpose. Here she is, a young woman who saw her planet destroyed and was sent to Earth to protect a baby cousin who ended up not needing her. What was it all for? Wherever she goes, people only see her through the lens of Superman's fame. Just when Supergirl thinks she's had enough, everything changes. An alien girl seeks her out for a vicious mission. I like that vicious mission. Her world has been destroyed and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge and if Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, whatever the cost. Now a Kryptonian, a dog, and an angry, heartbroken child head out into space on a journey that will shake them to their very core. Unquote. That is a very lengthy description. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the description writer was uh, not, you know, sleeping on the job on this The one. description writer was like, I'm just going to stretch my muscles here. Really, <laughs> really give them a taste of what they have in store. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that does a pretty good job setting up what you're going to get when you get into Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, so this is a first uh, issue in a new series that is coming out about Supergirl and DC Comics. So uh, Morgan, what what did you think about the story in this one? I guess that's where we, we will start. Sure. Um, yeah, I like the idea of doing a space western. I thought that was cool. It was different than some of the other stuff that that we've read for her. Like we've seen her doing space stuff, but this is this felt very like um, like true grit. We're kind of we're kind of thrown into the story from the perspective of. Is her name Ruthie? I think Tom King pronounced it uh, Ruth I. I think he said it both Ruth ways, I. but his his first, the fr- I think the first time he said it on, on our interview, he said Ruth I. So that's what I've been trying to say in my head. 
Yeah. So we're introduced to her before we ever see Supergirl. So it's kind of told through her story. We're on this planet. We don't kind of know where we are. And we get right away that she is on a mission of vengeance. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, where's Supergirl come in? Um, and Supergirl doesn't come in to this Supergirl book for a while. So I was kind of surprised. I don't think Supergirl comes in until, ooh, page nine, I think, or page 10. Um, and Supergirl is drinking alone at a bar, which was a <laughs> different feel for Supergirl. I was like, oh, okay. This Supergirl, she's just like kind of over it. She's kind of like not feeling it. Um, her and Crypto just drinking the night away. Uh, <laughs> Crypto is I, there with her. In yeah, the Crypto's, yeah. Cr listen, Crypto is literally uh, man's best friend. He's going to be with you wherever. <laughs> you you want to go? You want to go to a bar on a planet with the red sun so you can get a little toasted? Sure. Crypto's <laughs> right there with you. Crypto <laughs> is a bro. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was surprised that that's how we were introduced to Supergirl. Like at first I was like, is that Kara? Is Kara <laughs> drinking? <laughs> is Kara drunk? <laughs> I think she was drunk by the time we, we got stars. to her. <laughs> Clutch the pearls. Uh, yeah. I was a little surprised by how long it took us to get to Supergirl. Cause uh, Tom King had talked with us about wanting to have a story focused on Supergirl. And I was like, where? Here's Supergirl coming into this. <laughs> but then uh, I re I watched uh, True Grit from, uh, is it, would you say 2010 or 2010? I've never Ooh. decided what, how I feel about that. I, I think I always say 2010. See, I don't know. I feel like it yeah. should be 2010, but no, oh, no, but nobody says that. Because we call, well, I mean, how but, did, but we... people say 2012. Yeah, maybe. 2012. Yeah. So I Does think 2010 is fine. Does anyone say 2011? That sounds weird. No, 2011 does sound weird. <laughs> anyway. Is it just 2012? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I, I watched the version from 2010. Uh, I guess I'll settle on that. Uh, with Jeff Daniels of True Grit. Uh, because Tom King did mention that a True Grit had inspired him to write this story. And so I went back and watched that. And that story opens up with the young Maddie telling the story of how her father is murdered. And I was like, oh, he's he's sort of matching the narrative structure of that film. Because the true grit with John Wayne doesn't do that. It starts out a little bit differently. And it's, it doesn't start out as grim. But I love the, I love the 2010 version. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, the, I like the Jeff Daniels version better than the John Wayne version. I've never seen the John Wayne version, and it's been a while since I've seen the 2010 version of uh, True Grit. But yeah, I do remember it starting out with, I think, Haley Steinfeld's character. Like, yes. Um, yeah, and like her story. And it uh, did it have narration over it, too? I think it did. Yeah, she's she's telling the story. 
And uh, mm. Lynn, did I say Jeff Daniels? Is this a is this an Alice Lee Linda Lee thing where I said oh, something? No. Uh, <laughs> thinking I said one thing and I said something else. I meant Jeff Bridges. If that's a if that was the both great the Jeffs though, I want to say I don't I, we don't take sides and Jeffs here. At we don't discriminate Radio. against no, Jeffs. We love all Jeffs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it does start uh, that movie uh, with Jeff Bridges. Uh, does start with the the narration from uh, the young uh, the, the young Maddie whose father is murdered. So then it made a lot more sense, and I was a little more forgiving of the comic for not getting to Supergirl faster because then I could see what he was doing. So that made sense to me. Yeah, I, I was I was also like again like started the comic. Okay, we're in Ruth I's story. We're Supergirl. We're Supergirl. <laughs> we're Supergirl. <laughs> and then finally, you know, we get her. But you know, it's a uh, what would you say? It's so like a 25 page issue. So we have to wait about halfway through the issue to get her. And it's only an eight issue um, story. Yeah. Story. So I mean, it's, it's splitting hairs, but I would have loved to see Supergirl like a little bit earlier in the Supergirl book. Yeah. I wondered why he wasn't telling the story from Supergirl's perspective. That was what yeah. I was sort of well, hoping for, I had but... a lot of, I felt, I found myself coming out of this issue with a lot of questions about, this take on Supergirl. Like, why is she drinking on her birthday alone? Listen, Crypto is the only friend you'll ever need. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying that you need other friends but Crypto, but maybe you want to have another friend but Crypto in the bar with you on your birthday? Like, it just seemed, it seemed like Kara was real down in the dumps in this issue. And I was just like, why? is in a reason in particular like the the description of the book kind of seems like everything in car's life kind of sucks and this is what where she's <laughs> but it's like yeah but i mean that's kind of been what's been going on for her all along like what what would drive somebody to be like on my birthday i want to go as far away from everybody i know as possible <laughs> and drink in this bar Go Would go to a place where I could get hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah, which exactly. Is unusual for me. I want to be in the only place where I have no powers. I just want to get a little drunk with my boy <laughs> Crypto. And like, listen <laughs> again, that does sound kind of lovely. But <laughs> she seemed a little bit down. Like, I just want to know, like, what was the inciting incident that led her to that bar on her birthday? Because like, I could buy maybe Supergirl having a down day, going ah. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to get a little drunk on the only planet that is possible. But on her birthday, that's grim. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does mention that she, uh, there's a point in the story where she has to tell Ruth I about her past and about losing her whole world. And so it sort of seemed to me like she was thinking about that. Mm. And so that's what drove her to that. But I don't know. There could be a backstory revealed uh, in future issues that will tell us what she's doing there. Uh, I hope so. Anyway, I would, I would, I think you make a good point. It would be good to know what, what gets her to this planet. Yeah. This is a very like rough and tumble Supergirl. This is like a Supergirl who's like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm hung over the next morning and like, <laughs> get away from me, kid. It's not, <laughs> I just got to ride this out. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> what has happened? To what has gone wrong in Carr's life recently? <laughs> has gotten her to this point. So yeah, I, I kind of wanted to come into that with a little bit more backstory. I know that like, as a character, Supergirl has gotten 
handed over many times to many different creative teams and they've, you know, taken bits and pieces. And so her story is not always consistent, but I, I would love to know in this story, like what got her into that bar on her birthday, um, drinking away the blues. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind her being the rooster Cogburn of the story. It didn't really bother me uh, too much because I actually, and I know this might sound uh, bad about other versions of Kara <laughs> Zor-El, but this one had a lot more personality. I felt like I kind of got to know her. Like we, we, we knew she had been drinking. We knew she was a good fighter. We knew um, that she had dealt with her past a little bit. Uh, we knew she had, she had, a um, had a good relationship with crypto. There were a lot of things that I knew right about her right off the bat, even if I didn't jump into this comic with a whole bunch of, you know, decades of Supergirl knowledge in my head. Um, but I felt like this, this Supergirl had at least more personality than anything we've read in Rebirth. And I, I don't mean that to be derogatory, but <laughs> sometimes with Rebirth, I felt like I didn't know Kara very well i felt like i was very distant from her she felt very generic and this one she's she's drunk she's cussing and i like the way that the comic lets you decide what swear word she's using because <laughs> it's all like asterisks and yeah. so, so whatever bad word you're thinking that's what Kara's thinking <laughs> so, so if she's saying something really bad that's on you that's not on that's not on the comic that's on you Car, car, we don't know that Kara said that. Maybe she's like, ah, shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I thought this this version of Kara, even even if she is cussing and drinking and, and fighting in a bar, I like that she had a little spunk. She had a little personality, and I liked that about her. Um, so I, I think, think it did that was fit a strong into the yeah. I think it fit into like the gritty western vibe that this book was going for, and so I do. And that perspective, I do kind of like that they're taking, they took the character in a different direction um, than we've seen her in the past. And I think you're right about Rebirth. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things to say about Rebirth, but a, a, a lot of it, to me at least, reading it, I was really confused. We were zooming all over the place. It, there was a lot of action happening. Often I didn't understand why uh, <laughs> it was happening or who like people would just pop in and then they pop out and you'd be like, all right, bye Omega man. I guess <laughs> bye Ger uh, turret golden X and bye. Come back, please. I love you. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't feel very car focused. And at the very least, this story feels like it is focused in general, which makes me feel a little bit more. Um, uh, I don't know, a little bit more, hopeful that it will be car focused because I think this story at the very least is going to be, you know, it's eight issues. They've got a clear theme. They're doing the true grit Western thing. Um, they've got sort of a framing to the story. Um, and so I feel like it's going to be more focused in versus rebirth, which is, I think the problem with rebirth is it was too many things at once. It was always like, and you it know, never finished a thought. They had no, this whole run of this this whole series where Kara was maybe kind of dating Ben, and they I think they went to prom together at one point, and then yeah, and then, and then Ben just disappeared. disappeared, and that yeah. happened all the time in those rebirth issues. And you could never, I well, I can't speak for anybody else. 
I could not get attached to anything that was except for director bones. I was very exactly. attached to director bones, but any, anything else I, I had. But, trouble with. I mean, but even director bones uh, was in and out of that book. He would show up and then he would just disappear. It's like, yeah, exactly. As soon as I would get um, attached to story element in rebirth, it would be gone like two issues later and nobody would ever speak of it, which was what like drove me more crazy, which was like, <laughs> is this still in the same timeline where she's like working at cat co and she's got that thing with Ben because now there's this dude named Zinder Cole and nobody ever speaks of earth. And uh, we're just worried about Gandello. Like what happened with the first part of this? And I could understand, I could wrap my head around it if it had been called something different. Like if it was like Supergirl Rebirth and like Supergirl out in space or something like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't name things for a reason, but, but it because it was all one continuous title, it was like, you were just getting whiplash. So at the very least, regardless of what, and what we both end up, I think thinking about this title at the end there, I feel like it's going to have a beginning, a middle and an end. It's not going to veer off onto some weird side quest um, where we discover that there's there's a uh, superhero named Soap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, they're not going to, you know, start out the series where a character doesn't have a hand and then halfway through they give her a hand and you're like, what? I thought she didn't have a hand. Uh, <laughs> oh, Eliza's uh, a miraculously uh, appearing, disappearing hand. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, yeah, I think that was my main takeaway after reading this. Uh, it was, I thought, written very well. It had a great start to it. And there were lots of twists and turns. We we might get into those. Uh, but my my biggest takeaway was this feels like this is going somewhere. This feels like it has a story that has intention and purpose behind it. And that is something that I think has been missing from a lot of Supergirl stories in general. I, I don't want to say just the comics. Uh, no, but, no. But, I think that this, this feels like fair. they know, like Tom King seems like he knows the story that he wants to tell. And I think that's been missing. Yeah, I feel like the probably because he came in and he knew I'm getting eight issues to tell this story, he can he's going to be able to tell a, a way more compact, concise story versus Rebirth, where I feel like they started it and then I think halfway through changed creative teams. They did. And so you could tell, you could absolutely tell when they changed creative themes. They didn't change anything about the book, but suddenly all the stuff from like the last run of issues was just gone. <laughs> and and I, so, I'm sorry. Go I was going to say, for, for me as a reader, that's just hard for me to deal with. It's like, uh, and I think it's one of, for me as a reader, one of the my main issues with comics is that like, they don't make them reader friendly like that. Like what if you had just jumped on, you're like really getting into the story and then you're not paying attention to like behind the scenes comics gossip and suddenly you pick it up and you're like, where is Ben? Who's Gandello? Like, <laughs> what? Well, that's the thing. It, it doesn't seem like this story is attached to another uh, book series. Yeah. Some of, some of the Supergirl issues from Rebirth felt like they were, trying to have to work the Omega men in because the Omega men were doing something else somewhere else. And then Superman and Zod and, and that whole conspiracy thing you, was happening remember, in other books. Do you remember when we discovered about halfway through an issue that like we had missed a Superman issue that would have explained a lot of stuff to us? Uh, a whole lot of context that we oh. completely missed. But yeah, so th that's what I like about reading this is I know this is going to be 
just a Supergirl story. And uh, that that will make me feel better as a reader because it won't be so frustrating. And I think that's why a lot of people, when you talk about Supergirl stuff recently, they point to Supergirl being super, which I have not finished. I dis- Disclosure, I started um, and I really liked it. And then life happened and I didn't finish it and I'm going to. But I think that there's like the reason that people like that is because it was a short, concise story about Supergirl. It knew exactly what it wanted to do. It knew. And because it was concise, it knew what it wanted to do with the character. Um, And I think that the problem with some of these ongoings, um, especially if they have to tie into, you know, stuff that's happening in the universe is that it can just kind of feel like you're reading like a squiggly line uh, and you're just like, what's happening? Um, So I think that there is some value in these shorter runs, even though obviously I know we'd both love to see a Supergirl ongoing all the time, but I think the benefit of the shorter run where it's, you know, they know when the story starts, when it ends is that we're going to get something that at least reads a little bit, um, a little bit cleaner. And I think a little bit tighter. And uh, the similarity to Supergirl being super, I believe, is that that series was written by the same uh, writer each is- issue. So, yeah. uh, so uh, <laughs> that's going like, to help. <laughs> like Tom King, it's just going to be Tom King. It's not going to be three different people, three or four different people writing it. So it's going to have a very clear voice that goes, you know, and a consistent voice that goes across all of the issues. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I know there are some, uh, issues that people have with, uh, this new characterization of, of Kara, although I wouldn't say it's a completely new, uh, characterization. Kara on the TV show, she's, she's gotten drunk. That's true. She's she's cussed before. (laughs) Um, and even with the killing thing, she got angry and torched, you know, red tornado. She she activated the button that killed Queen Rhea. <laughs> I mean, it's not so far off. I will say that was kind of the one part of the the this issue that I was not super nuts about was that they, you know, that the the voiceover basically tells us and like at, eventually, you know, I find this I, Ruth I says like I find the guy who killed my father and Supergirl kills him before I can ask him questions and it's like all right um but again it's it's kind of a story right so I don't want to prejudge something that happens in the future because we don't really know the circumstances of what's going to happen or why it happens um so, yeah, it was one of the things that I wasn't nuts about because I don't love the idea of Supergirl, you know, killing people if she can avoid it. Um, <laughs> well, that's always, always the possible. preference. It's not always possible. And she references um, in the story that she killing does. is bad and that you shouldn't do it and that she has standards. So, uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure eventually we'll get to see what happens. And I'm, I'm kind of open-minded about it because I'm like, I don't know what the circumstance is. Exactly. I don't yeah. know what the situation is for that yet. Uh, I think she says that Supergirl delivers the the, the fatal blow, and that uh, the Krem, the the bad guy of the story, is uh, like begging for his life and tears. Uh, so we have no idea really how that's going to play out. But I I also at the same time I'm like, well, at least it's not going to end with Supergirl giving a hope speech, you know? Like I, <laughs> you know, it would be it would be nice if there was a different way to end a Supergirl story. And I'm not crazy about the idea of Supergirl killing either if she can help it. But I mean, that's, 
spoiler alert for True Grit. I mean, the guy who kills Maddie's father, she kills him. So it's not, you know, it's not unheard of in a Western that, uh, uh, especially in True Grit, where the whole premise of the story is uh, nobody in the town cares about Maddie's father dying. She doesn't trust the law to go after uh, Tom Chaney, and she thinks that nobody's going to get justice for her and her family. And so that's why she goes and hires Rooster Cogburn. And so that's a, a similar situation here where Krim of Yellow Hills, is that, is, is that where he's from? Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I think that there's, there's a connection there in True Grit where um, I think Ruth I, you know, wants justice for her father. But even, even Kara's like, you, sh you should seek justice and not revenge. So I understand the, the issues that people have with that. But at the same time, I think Tom King has established that Kara does have these standards that she's trying to abide by. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of I, I my I come down to is it a good story? I try not to have expectations for what a character should or shouldn't do. I just want to read a good story. So I, I'm going to go on this ride and see where I get to at the end of uh, eight issues and see how I feel about it. And then I'll make a judgment then. <laughs> but but at this point, after one issue, I, I can't get worked up about it. I just want to see a, a read a good story and and go on a journey with these two characters. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. Like, I I'm immediately was like, I don't know if I'm going to like that. But again, I don't know if I'm going to like that because I haven't gotten to it yet. Right, so, right. So I'm interested, and it, it, um, the story might have introduced it that way for the shock factor, right? To have you right. go like, oh, wait, what? Supergirl did what? And then when we get to the circumstances, it could be something completely different. So I am interested to see where they're taking it. And I, there were some moments that I really liked um, her characterization. Um, I think on page 15, she kind of looks at Ruth I kind of sadly like oh like after she tells her sad story and then she pukes of course but uh <laughs> but I think that's that what she, happens when you drink that's yeah what she's like she's like oh I feel so bad for you I'm gonna just puke in this bucket for just a second <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that um that we do see her have a lot of empathy for this girl and to kind of try to you know dissuade her from going on this path of vengeance and you know going like you know this is not going to lead anywhere good and sorry, I can't help you. Um, but you know, killing is bad and stuff like that. Um, and, and I thought that that was good. I think that she does have a lot of empathy and she does feel really bad for, um, for Ruth. I, and she, 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 uh, I think she understands her perspective on the idea of like losing her world and losing people who were really important to her. I think she even says like, you know, I came out here to like, to basically to not think about kind of how my life has gone the same way. And now like you're kind of reminding me of all this um, tr basically trauma that I have, but I, I, I like the, I liked her immediately kind of bonding with this, with this girl who needs help. That felt very super girl to me. Yeah, it's very Supergirl, and it's one of the things yeah, th that uh, sort of crop up in all of my, or crop, pop, maybe, pop up in my favorite <laughs> uh, Supergirl stories. Crop would be cutting it out. Uh, <laughs> but I, I tend to gravitate towards the Supergirl stories where she's helping someone. Those are usually my favorite Supergirl stories, like, for example, uh, Sterling Gates' Bizarro Girl, 
the comics from the 70s and 80s when she's in college and she makes friends at the school and she uh, gets to know the people who live in her building. There's also a, a comic called The Way of the World where she tries to cure a little boy of his cancer. And even in the New 52, she <laughs> I've been reading that here recently. I'd, I'd only read the first volume a uh, long time ago. And so I, I kept reading into it. And she's she becomes friends with Silver Banshee and she's she's helping Silver Banshee with things. And so <laughs> I, I like those, those kinds of stories. You even see it on the, the TV show. She, you know, uh, befriends Livewire and tries to kind of, you know, see her through. So I think those are always, uh, those are the Supergirl stories that I gravitate to. And so I think this has the potential to be another one of those stories. Cause I think for me, that's when Supergirl is at her best, when she's caring about somebody else and when she, is trying to help someone else. And and she even mentions in the story that her um, mother told her, uh, what, is it, what was it about compassion? It was something about compassion, not fury or something like that. Um, yeah, life is about compassion, not fury. And so I think that's, you know, that's one of Supergirl's main characteristics is compassion, you know, help, hope, and compassion for all. So I, I was glad to see that pop up in the yeah. story. I was afraid that they were going to go so gritty with her. Like, this is gritty Supergirl. She's drinking at a bar. She's getting bar <laughs> fights. And, like, uh, and that we were going to lose the that heart of the character. And I, I feel like, at least in this issue, it's still there. Yes, Supergirl is having a bar fight in a bar and puking into a bucket. And those are new <laughs> for her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but she does still really care about Ruth Eye. She, she wants to sort of lead her in a different direction. And, and she immediately kind of feels for this girl and understands her pain and, and empathizes with her. And I think that's a big thing about the Supergirl character is how much empathy she has for other people and how she kind of empathizes with people and kind of connects with them immediately. Okay, so we've talked about uh, most of the story uh, leading up to the fact that uh, she meets Ruth Eye and uh, they they go through the whole uh, 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 proposition of the arrangement that Supergirl is going to be kind of a, a bounty hunter to, to find this guy named Krim who killed uh, Ruth Eye's father. Could we speak about all of the twists that happen at the end. Can we, can we just go, can we just fast forward to the end? Cause that's where all the sure. really good stuff happens. I mean, it's, it's good throughout the whole, the whole issue, but really at the end, it's like where, where I was like, Whoa, there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, what, did, <laughs> what did you think about some of those twists there um, at the end with the ship? So I will say I'm immediately mad at Tom King and that's because <laughs> that's because I didn't think I was going to have to do a does the dog die on this issue. <laughs> Crypto better be okay is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I did not see um, her getting shot with arrows coming, but I definitely didn't see Crypto getting shot with arrows and um, it was upsetting. I was upset. I was mad. I was like, mm -mm 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 -mm, not crypto, uh, not, not my good boy. Uh, and it's, it's very, and like, it's upsetting the way it's done too. Yeah, She's like, he, he crypto didn't paper. realize like, yeah, crypto didn't realize that, you know, um, he's not strong or he's not like a super powered on this, on this planet with the, the red sun. And so crypto is just thinking I'm I'm a super dog like usual, and he's he's doing what good boys do. He's protecting a Supergirl, and he gets an arrow in him. And I did not like that at all. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. I would like to talk to someone's manager. 
<laughs> the the panel that really got me was the one where Supergirl, who has three arrows coming out of her chest and her entire S shield is red with blood. Uh, the panel says, though she was torn, she was torn with pain. I think Supergirl would have followed if Crypto hadn't let out that wine. Oh, that That's, got me. That, that I, I that had to like lean emotionally back. Stirring. I had to like lean back and, and like just like fan myself. I was like, <laughs> don't you cry, Morgan? Don't you cry? <laughs> Crypto's gonna be fine. I'm sure he's gonna be fine. Oh man, <laughs> that that was that was tough to read. Uh, just because I could hear I could hear a little dog whining as I read it. And uh, so I thought that was uh, written really well because it made me it did make me feel something. I have a feeling that crypto is going to be OK because I've seen some other comic book covers with crypto on them. And I think I've seen some preview pages, maybe from number two. Where So I think crypto is going to I think Cri he's going to make it. Crypto is a survivor. He's going to make it like <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe in him. Uh, <laughs> Destiny's childlike. But uh <laughs> But it was it was tough to see my boy Crypto get shot with an arrow like that and go down. I was like, no. It was um, sad. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting them to take the ship. I will admit right. that. I thought that that was a huge twist. So they set it up. It's like Chekhov's ship, right? Because <laughs> when, when Ruth I comes, uh, swims after her and sees her with her ship, she's trying to kind of explain to her. She's like, this is a, a horse that you can't stop, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Uh, <laughs> just trying to like explain like spaceship technology to somebody who's <laughs> never seen it. This metal box blasts into the air um but she's like now that i've started like the you know the procedure basically the like the countdown like you need to get out of here um because it's going to go up into the air and i should have seen it coming that like that she spent all that time explaining that like once it's got started it's gonna go that <laughs> something was gonna happen with that because it was a, like a little bit mu much where she was like and then once it goes like it's gonna go like you have to get out of here uh, and i was like uh, okay like sure like you're really into your spaceship but it was <laughs> it was really to set up that um that the villains were gonna steal her ship at the end kind of unknowingly because they don't know what a spaceship is either uh presumably if ruth if ruth i didn't know what it was yeah and um, she makes a point to say something in the in the narration that he probably went in there just to take cover or to to deal with his weapons and he didn't know it was about to blast off. So he's probably just as freaked out as much as a uh, Supergirl probably. <laughs> yeah. He, he runs onto the ship, but then the ship kind of closes up and takes off. And so I don't know that we're sure where he is going. Um, is he going to <laughs> earth? <laughs> that was, I was really, I was like, uh Oh, uh, like, where is this? Uh, where is this? awful uh villain did she just shoot him off into earth <laughs> <laughs> well that's a that's a, an interesting question because where do they go from here um so i assume that supergirl and crypto are going to need some sort of medical uh medical uh emergency surgeries to get them all fixed up but how do they go after krim if they don't have a spaceship so <laughs> what do they do uh, so I, I'm very curious to see what happens with that. Cause I assume they're going to have to chase him to see where he goes. So that's, I, I, and I also assume that Supergirl knows where he went. 
Because I yeah, because I feel like she had to. Yeah, she had to put the coordinates in. She had to be like beep boop bop, and then (laughs) (laughs) oh no, it can't be changed now. (laughs) (laughs) So so at least that's probably the case that she probably knows where he's gone. So that uh, if they can chase him, they'll they'll follow suit. But I I don't know how they're going to go after him if nobody on the planet knows what a, a ship is. Oh, there's your uh. Yeah. There's your yeah. beaker sighting for the I evening. I guess it's the beaker sighting of the, do you want to say hi? Or are you just, <laughs> you just going for a drive-by, buddy? What's up? What's, oh, right to the right camera. The camera. <laughs> right to the camera, bud. All right. Are you, are you ready to leave now? Or you just want to be involved? <laughs> a lot of people were asking about. Uh, yeah, people were, I saw sighting. that in the chat. If there's a beaker sighting. <laughs> <laughs> always delivered. at some point always at some point <laughs> he knew people were asking uh that's, that's he doesn't care it. what we're talking about if we're interviewing <laughs> someone if it's not professional to do <laughs> be, be, wow beaker straight up glare says julia in the chat he did he did <laughs> he looked right into the camera that's right andy <laughs> he knows his audience awaits him i think i think he had been like trapped in a different room we like kind of held him up because we were doing some uh some chores and stuff and so i think the glare was about him resenting that (laughs) i was almost done with this but like i was halfway (laughs) through the podcast and he hadn't gotten his say yet (laughs) that is so funny um yeah i'd I'd be curious what uh beaker's thoughts were on this issue i Um, feel like beaker did not like the crypto thing either he's like or did he or did he or did he maybe it's like a cat versus (laughs) dog thing (laughs) (laughs) like that dog deserved it um yeah so were there any other aspects of the the story that you wanted to talk about i'm trying to think if oh uh, i did think it was funny that um she doesn't have her costume on at first and it kind of uh, like it gets her, whatever she's wearing gets torn and you see the, like the S shields. And then later on when she's talking to Ruth, I Ruth, I like, I'm a woman of the world. I know what underwear look like. It's like, <laughs> you think underwear you think it's a, it involves a cape. Well, it was under her clothes. That's true. She was like, I know. I have I know what under what ladies undergarments look like, a full costume with a cape and a skirt. <laughs> well, um, there is a mention Supergirl says you weren't supposed to see that. So do you ah. think that do you think that Supergirl is running away from being Supergirl? I don't know. I got the impression more that she like doesn't want people to know she's Supergirl. She's like, she just, she's like a celebrity. She's got on the giant <laughs> sunglasses and the hat pulled down real low. And she's just trying to drink her troubles away in some like little corner planet where no one knows her name. Unlike the bar in Cheers, where everyone knows your name. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of doing a reverse Cheers in this situation. Uh, um, but that was the impression I got that she just kind of didn't want people to to go like oh it's supergirl here uh although i don't know that the people on that planet would have recognized her as supergirl. they didn't it seem to didn't seem like they they were getting her comics they didn't, weren't getting rebirth there it doesn't seem like <laughs> so i don't think that they've heard the good news it, it, that, that might be for the best i don't know <laughs> Um, but I, I liked the idea in, the, in my interpretation was that she was trying to drink away some of her problems. And maybe part of that had to do with the maybe the stress or the pressure of being Supergirl. 
And I liked that even though she was trying to hide it so that nobody could see it, it still revealed itself when they're fighting in the bar and all of that, the S shield still came through. So to me, I was sort of reading into it. Like she's trying not to be Supergirl, but she's always going to be Supergirl. Supergirl's always there, whether it's uh, how she identifies herself or if it's, uh, you know, that old debate of like, is Superman who I am or Superman, what I do. Like she, uh, she could still do Supergirl things or be Supergirl, even if she was trying to sort of run away from it. So I don't know. I I, I took a lot of uh, maybe reading too much into the, uh, <laughs> the Supergirl coming out of her Western attire. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so were there any other things? Uh, we we talked a little bit about Krim, but not too much. Um, I guess we should mention uh, he's he's uh, referred to as a criminal and a thief. Um, he got into an argument with Ruth Eye's father. Uh, they her family had provided him a meal and shelter, and he uh, killed her father, even though uh, they were really nice to him. Uh, referred to them as a godly family, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and then there's some mention of a king's agent. They think he's yeah. a king's agent because there's some new king, I guess, on this planet. So that I, I think is really interesting because that's not a true grit thing. I was a little worried that maybe they would just adapt true grit, but that's very, very different from true. Yeah, grit. I wanted to know so much more about the um, like the world of this planet. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> Bunsen! Now, now Bunsen, Bunsen is jealous that Beaker got his time in the spotlight, <laughs> and now Bunsen. Oh no, are you shy? You're shy now? <laughs> this is a rare Bunsen sighting. It's a, it's a rare Bunsen sighting. I think that they've both been uh cooped up and they want they want to get their opinions about this issue of Supergirl. They want it to be known. Right, Bunsen? <laughs> right, buddy? He's like, no, he's, not, he's not, me. not interested. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I found myself really wanting to know more about the world because they talk a lot about like he's a king's agent and there's kind of a um there's kind of a uh sort of an atmosphere that like there there would be no justice for them because you know he was a king's agent and he left this like very fancy sword in her father because whatever like i guess he has access to these kind of swords um and kind of so kind of the thought that he was like i don't know upper class or he was some sort of like security or something like I just wanted to know more about the world like why haven't they heard of Supergirl and um and why don't they know anything about spaceships and like mm -hmm. uh it was just uh I think we got just enough of the world to get an idea of it but enough that I had like many many questions about sort of like the world building elements of this uh this place that that Ruth I is and that Supergirl finds herself in yeah, I want to know more about this king. He seemed to uh, not care for dissidents or people who did not like him. So yeah, maybe he's maybe he's the, actually the big bad of the story. So I don't know. I hope we get to know more about him because he's he seems important. I don't know. It's probably going to be more about Krem and finding him and getting uh, justice for her father's murder. But I don't know. The king the king seems like bad news. I did not get a good vibe from him. No, no, me neither. I was like, what is this king up to? I it feels like um it feel, feels like a planet that's very like harsh, like very tough. Like times are tough, life is hard on this planet. Um people will kill you for a, a disagreement. 
Yeah, so it's a it's definitely a, a town out of an old western film for sure. Uh, so let's uh, talk about the art. Did you have any favorite panels or pages that stuck out to you as uh, very interesting to your eye? I thought the art in this one in general was just beautiful. Like mm -hmm. I loved the art in here. I was like, oh my God, like this is beautiful Supergirl art. Like this is art that like the character deserves basically. Yes. <laughs> um, it was uh, gorgeous. Uh, like not just the art, but the colors. Oh, in the this coloring book was so good. Was so beautiful. Like you would have like the first page is all like pinks and purples. And then like the next couple pages kind of transition to like a blue purple. And then there's a couple pages that are all blue. And then like the bar scenes are very like brown. Like the, the use of colors in this are so, so pretty. Um, and it really does set the set the scene. Like you feel like you're in a different world with all of those different colored skies and like different colored, like, um, I wouldn't say mountains, but you know, you can kind of see mountains in the distance that are like kind of weirdly shaped and they're purple. And I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, I loved page 13, which is the splash page of Supergirl oh, holding yeah. the sword with Crypto, who's super psyched to be like in the action. He's like, <laughs> <"Arf."> <laughs> her um, her little um, incognito outfit is uh, is ripped a little bit and you can see just the peak of the S shield through it. I thought that one was really cool. Yeah. And um, she has she has taken down the man who slapped Ruth eye and she has him firmly on the ground. Both she's taken both of his swords. <laughs> uh, she is she is in the uh, uh, power and control position uh, there in that. So it's a really great page for Supergirl. And I also really loved page 15, the top panel, before she starts puking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we see her looking at Ruth Eye and she has so much empathy um, mm -hmm. in in the drawing, like in the in the facial expression. You can tell that she really feels for this girl. She kind of relates to the struggle that she's going through and uh, and can really kind of understand where she's coming from. And then, of course, she's going to puke a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, page 16, the top page, which I think is the panel you have in your background. Oh, yeah, it is. But, oh, it's gorgeous. So they're out on a dock and Supergirl is getting into a boat and you can sort of see like the orange clouds and the yellow and the red sun and like purple mountains and just like the art, the art and the colors in this are so good. Like I'm just, I was just really blown away by how like beautiful and kind of watercolory and like really cinematic the, uh, the art is in this one. That's so funny that you would use the word cinematic because uh, True Grit has a lot of, especially, and I keep uh, referencing the Jeff Bridges version. <laughs> not uh, the Jeff Daniels version. Not the Jeff Daniels. That's a totally different movie. Uh, that version from uh, 2010 is, it has a lot of landscape uh, shots where it's a lot of like um, wide shots of, you know, uh, the, I don't know what you would refer to it as um, the West, the wild West, you know, the, the places where they're going, it's, you know, big wide spaces. And uh, so I think that I, I sort of got that vibe from true grit that they were using all these landscape images to sort of convey that old Western feel. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's, there's a lot of like, yeah, a lot of, um, 
art that kind of shows the background shows the planet. And I think that that gives us a real good sense of place in this planet. Like when on page 17 and 18, when Ruthai like jumps into the water and swims and you can, you can kind of see like her come up onto land and then there's grass and these like cool, like weeds that kind of like <laughs> twirl around and they're blue. I just, I feel like the, uh, the art really, really gives us a sense of place. Like, I, I don't know, like the, the story is telling us this thing about the um, about this planet and kind of what it's like. And the art is kind of reinforcing that this idea that it's kind of, you know, it's it seems sparsely populated. It seems a little bit barren. It's not you, they're not in the middle of a city. There's a lot of, you know, land and a lot of pulled back shots of of scenery. And I think that gives us the idea that, you know, you could, Ruth, I could be out here on her own in this, in this um, planet very easily. Yeah. I thought the uh, art and the writing complemented each other very well. Um, okay. So I have a lot of uh, favorite pages and panels. So nice. I'll mention them very quickly. Uh, so page one, I thought uh, captured my attention immediately because I loved the use of silhouette, um, which I thought was really, really cool. And I, I went to to look up uh, on the interwebs uh, why why silhouette might be used. So I looked up silhouette uses in filmmaking and silhouettes can reflect a couple of things. It can convey sadness or tension or suspense or something sinister or isolation. And so I like that the use of silhouette was here during uh, the retelling of how Ruth I's father was murdered, because I think it does a, a lot of those things right off the bat. And immediately on page one, in that same set of panels, you get to see a red sun. So you know, right off the bat that you're encountering a planet where Supergirl's not going to have her power. So I think the art did a really good job to set that up right at the get-go. I also liked on page nine, um, Ruth I is slapped by the uh, the big brute in the bar. I don't think he ever gets a name. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. But he uh, he slaps her, and that slap panel is the only one on the page that has a different colorization and tone to it. Which oh yeah, which I think is why it stands out to my eye. And I loved the use of red here because I think it conveys pain because it looks like it hurts. Uh, the action of what's going on and even the blood, I think, is maybe what some of that red red is trying to point out to you, that there's blood of the slap because she would probably uh, be bleeding. And I thought this panel was really interesting because on the left side of that, maybe maybe this is only me, but does it look like there are eyes? Is there an eye Let me, on the left side of that panel? It looks a little bit like it, yeah. Like it was somebody watching it. I don't know if that's like supposed, and, and maybe it's not an eye. Maybe I'm just reading into it. But it sort of looked like, I, I don't know, if I was going to uh, give my interpretation, maybe it's like Supergirl seeing what's happening. And this is, this is why she decides to uh, step in. So I don't know. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's... Um, something that stuck out to me that I thought was really interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only thing, listen, I'm going to go into all my positives of the art and then I'll get <laughs> to one uh, question I have about it. So I don't know, Morgan, I can't remember if you read these uh, digitally with the guided view or not, but I always kind of do. I usually don't do the guided view. I usually do the one page view. Okay. 
I, occasionally I'll do the guided view, but like sometimes it's just like it's too much. Like the movement is just too much for me. They they both have their advantages because sometimes yeah. sometimes you get a different perspective just going page by page, and then sometimes you get an even different perspective. I like the guided view because it's almost like watching a film. Uh, because like it's almost like storyboards, so you get to see reveals a little better. And so there were a couple of times where that happened in the issue where I, I was like surprised when I would get there because I would get to the guide of view and because I wouldn't spoil myself because if you go page to page, yeah, you sort of already know. see what's there. Um, so on page eighteen, the guide of view had a really cool reveal of uh, Kara's ship. Like I didn't know what was there, and then all of a sudden there was a ship, and I was like, oh. That's that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, there was also another one on uh, page 21. Uh, there, uh, In the guided view, there's a reveal of Supergirl being shot with the arrows by Krim. And I thought that was a really good shocking reveal there. And even when uh, Krim is revealed uh, not too long after that to be the one who shot her, I, I really... Uh, liked that with the guided view. Uh, I, I think I like reading it with guided view on the first reading. And mm -hmm. then afterwards, if I'm going to reread it, I'll read page to page because sometimes you get a different layout uh, on, the, on yeah. the individual page that shows you uh, different steps of the panels and, and that gives a benefit. So I thought some of that was really cool. Um, let's see. I also liked um, on page 23, there is a panel where Supergirl with no powers grabs a sword with her bare hands. Oh, yeah, that was gnarly. <laughs> I was like, whoa, she has no fear of these guys whatsoever because her she, hand is definitely bleeding. <laughs> she is not playing at this point, not so, playing at all. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So I, I really enjoyed that. And of course, the final page on page 26 where... Um, Krem accidentally gets into the ship. Well, he doesn't accident. He he intentionally goes in there, but he accidentally takes off in the ship. Uh, I love the use of um, the motion there because I can kind of feel feel the whoosh and the wind and the power coming out of that. So I, I like the the way that made me uh, feel like the the image was a little bit palpable. I could I could kind of sense it. Uh, the only thing I had trouble with, and maybe you can help me understand this. So on page twelve. The only issue I had with some of the art, which is otherwise gorgeous, is that I don't, I don't understand what is happening in some of the action on page 12. I would actually agree with that. <laughs> I, I was reading this uh, this comic, um, and in these panels, I think in like the barroom brawl scene, I was a little bit lost in terms of some of the action. And I do think you're right. I think, I think it's page 12, where I kind of... Like she, he swings at her and I think, and she ducks and then something happens. I yeah, guess she that's grabs the him. Yeah. From I, what? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the panel I was struggling with too. Cause I understood everything before and after that one, but I could not figure out what. Yeah. I've like zoomed in. Doing. So like it's the panel that has the, the bubble that says some. That's yeah. what I can't figure out. So it's it's obvious that she flips him over, like, her back. But in this panel, it's not obvious what's happening at all. Like, I see her her face down at the bottom, and his arm is kind of up at the top. And there's a table, I think. The table is involved oh, somehow? Yeah, I think that's the table. I was trying to figure that out. But... Uh, 
I, I don't know how the mechanics of this work. Like, where is she? So does the, in does relation the to table him? go into his stomach? Is that basically what's happening? Maybe I'm like, I'm kind like of now I'm doing, over the table. Now I'm doing the guided view to try to figure out like what's happening here. And I see her. So he swings at her. She kind of leans forward. There's a table nearby. Crypto's just kind of looking at what's happening. And then, <laughs> and then, and then there's a panel where it's just like her head towards the bottom. There's the table. And then he's still swinging the, the sword. Like, I guess I just don't see. And then when we come out to the next panel, she's flipped him over onto the table. Um, but it's not clear at all, like, how that action. I mean, I guess you can infer. It's just a little bit. It's not super clear to me either. Yeah, that was that was the only panel I was like, I actually don't know what was happening there. Uh, but I guess I guess it makes sense that she flipped him over, and that's how he landed on the table. Yeah, I sh I struggled with that one a little bit too. I was like, I'm not really quite sure what's happening here. <laughs> but other than that, that was that one panel that I was like, oh, I don't know. But other than that, I loved the art. I thought it um, complemented the writing and the storytelling very very well. And I also thought uh, Kara's hair was great car's hair was great i mean <laughs> listen listen she doesn't have her superpowers on that planet but does she need them no <laughs> not with that head of hair <laughs> i i will i will always remember uh sarah louver uh aka comicer girl uh i think she told us on supergirl radio one time that it was difficult to draw hair and I, yeah. always, I always think about that when I read these comics and I look at their hair to see who did hair well. <laughs> and this this issue did is. Yeah, it had just the right amount of curls. And uh, so I, I thought it was great. All right. Uh, so I guess let's just go to some quick uh, overall thoughts. So uh, uh, what did you think about uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one? I mean, it, it was intriguing. I think it was an interesting start to the story. I think that the art is like, even if I didn't like the story, I would still buy it for the art. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and it's it's nice to have a Supergirl story that feels like it's going to be more focused and a little bit more zoomed in on her. Um, or if not heard, then just one story at a time. It's going to be a nice change of pace. Um, I mean, I I had some questions about the Supergirl characterization, but every writer sort of takes her in different directions. Um, so I'm interested to see where this sort of um, direction goes and what the story about, you know, um, Ruth I and her quest for vengeance and how that's going to play into Supergirl's story and Kara's story and 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 where she is, you know, kind of emotionally right now in the in the book. And I I um I was interested. Yeah, it made me want to, you know, it made it did its job, right? Because I I want to know what happens in number two. Um, especially for crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a pretty rare for me in some of the recent Supergirl comics where I got to the end, I was like, oh. I, I wish I, we, I could read another issue right now. That that would be good. Uh, so I think that was exciting to to want to read the next issue. And I am I am pretty open minded about comic book characters. I think I'm very rare in a DC comic fandom because I'm like, 
yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want to with the characters. Just make sure I can see a little bit of an essence of who they are and go nuts. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I I would rather you push boundaries and, and be bold than just do the same thing I've read in other stories. So I'm pretty open-minded. So um, I actually like that I can sort of see Tom King's perspective on Supergirl in this. I, I like that uh, when you read a different um, Supergirl story from different eras of the character, you can see different writers putting their own spin on the character. So I would actually rather him do something different and do something from his point of view. Uh, so I, I like that we're getting that here for sure, even though sometimes it may be a little different from maybe what I would do if I was writing it. But I'm not a writer and this isn't my book. So <laughs> I'm I'm pretty open-minded about that. And I can still see a lot of what I know about Supergirl in this characterization. So I'm not mad at it. I'm just glad that it doesn't seem like the story is going to be floating around until they figured the next step. It's, it seems like a, it seems like if you, you know, watch a, a, a good show that had an endpoint and you knew you were, you were, like you said at the beginning, that has a beginning, middle, and end, and you were just going to go along for the ride. So that's kind of how I feel about it right now is that I'm just going to take whatever journey this is. And as long as the story and the characters are written well, then I'm, I'm up for anything. And I think if he goes by True Grit as inspiration, I hope by the end of it that I will feel as attached to Kara and Ruth I as I, as I did to Maddie and uh, Rooster Cogburn at the end of True Grit. So I hope that's what happens is that by the end of eight <laughs> issues, I'm going to be like, oh, I care so much about these two characters. So I'm, that's, that's, I don't want to put too much expectation, but, uh, but if he does the True Grit inspiration, well, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be really attached to them. Yeah, I, I liked I liked the Western, you know, the space Western, um, but I liked the space Western theme. I thought it was interesting. I think we've seen a lot of Supergirl on the ground and we've seen a lot of Supergirl in space, just kind of floating from one adventure to another. But I like that this had kind of a, a genre to it. It was, you know, a little bit different, um, a little bit weird, even in, in parts. But I, I thought it, 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 it worked for this story. At least it worked for the introduction. So so I'm interesting. Like uh, I'm interested. I'm 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 definitely coming in for the the next issue. I want to know what's going to happen. I mean, it's not like this is something totally crazy. It's not like a, a matrix protoplasm who uh, bonds with a satanic cult member. I mean, it, there have been weirder things in Supergirl <laughs> comics. Is all I'm saying. So this is actually pretty tame. Uh, so I I'm definitely interested in seeing what comes. Next, I don't, I don't know that we have uh, like a release date for the next issue, so I guess we'll I have know. to uh, just kind of. It's not going weekly or monthly. Maybe uh, I'm assuming it's monthly, but I'm not entirely sure. If anybody in the chat knows, let us know because uh, I have not seen a release date as of yet. So I uh, will have to uh, look out for that. Uh, before we wrap up, we do have an email from a listener named Ooh, Quinn nice. who writes, quote, I am overall uh, really fond of this Cara. And I was pleased that Tom King was so candid in saying that DC was realistic about Supergirl book sales not doing well and that it's a problem because she is so iconic. 
The whole first page where Carr herself is introduced had me cracking up because it reminded me of myself trying to take a minute for myself while juggling my responsibilities. <laughs> and uh, Quinn uh, sort of puts out a scenario. She says, mommy scheduled this time for herself. I got a babysitter and came to a red sun and I'm not going <laughs> to let you spill my beer because money. <laughs> and Quinn goes on to say, but of course, like myself, Cara sees injustice and someone in need and still does the right thing because that altruism, even if it's crusty, like Tom said, is always going to be there. I like that she was trying to have boundaries and saying, no, I've got to get back to my hero gig and still be like, Hey, don't kill people. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't come off as dumb either to me. I think it's legitimately I'm tired. I set this boundary, but please, I hope you will listen to me. <laughs> and she said, uh, and Quinn says, uh, Ruth, I is adorable and so formal and uh, asks the question, uh, is this a literary theme? I feel like it has something to do with dissecting the hero's journey. And I did write some things down in my notes about the hero's journey because there is definitely a hero's journey, I think not only in the story, but of course in True Grit. Um, definitely in these issues, there is a call to adventure uh, when mm -hmm. when Kara meets Ruth Eye. And I guess maybe the call to adventure for Ruth Eye would be the death of her father and her wanting to uh, seek revenge. Um, but I think for Kara, it would be definitely that bar fight scene. There's yeah. also the next step is the refusal of the call, the call. And that definitely happens where <laughs> Carr is like, you know what? I don't think I'm right for your little arrangement. I think I'm going to go. And she leaves Ruth. I, uh, <laughs> I guess at the little pier. Uh, so, uh, so that definitely happens. So in the hero's journey, there's a, a lot of steps, but definitely in this issue and issue number one, there's the call to adventure and the refusal of the call. So we'll have to look and see if there's maybe a supernatural uh, mentor guide that shows up soon, because I think that is the <laughs> next step of the hero's journey. Uh, so we'll see if uh, we get something, <laughs> something like that. And uh, Quinn ends the email saying uh, that, uh, well, I guess uh, this is this is Quinn talking to Tom King, uh, Tom King <laughs> at Tom King regarding crypto. If he's only in one issue, I already had to see him die in the Superwoman limited series. And there's some crying emojis. And uh, Quinn ends the email. If I didn't know he loved or Tom King loved dogs so much, I'd be much, much more worried. But OMG, he better be OK, unquote. So I think a lot of people are feeling like that. A lot Nobody of us was are worried about crypto. Nobody wants to see crypto die. So <laughs> hopefully that is uh, the case that he will be better in the second issue. All right. Well, I think that is uh, going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And I think now let's get to uh, some DC TV podcasts and Supergirl radio plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on 
and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you. Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say fuck. Uh, a Supergirl would be uh, right at home. <laughs> she would. <laughs> dark. Uh, yeah, she would. She would be uh, cussing up a, a storm in the in those little uh, uh, asterisks and question marks <laughs> and exclamation points. All those all those things that they use to convey the swear words. Uh, so she would definitely fit in right. Uh, that would be pretty cool. I mean, if, I don't know if you could ever, you know. Uh, get Melissa Benoist on there, but you know, I if you mean, can get a Supergirl on DC TV after dark, <laughs> see we'll what take, her favorite We'll take is. any Supergirl, really. I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're out there, if you're a Supergirl and you'd like to come on the podcast, please. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, comics and the, the uh, T Public store, uh, we do have some comic book related designs in the T Public store. So we've got some Superwoman stuff and uh, so back in the day for DC Comics, they used to have to be approved by the Comics Code Authority. Uh, so we have some design designs about that in the store. So definitely check it out. We've got some new designs there in the store. If you've if you looked in the past and you're like, oh, they have new things, go check it out and uh, see what we've got in there now. And uh, we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. So uh, we have a couple of different uh, monthly levels every month and they come with different uh, things that you get. Uh, so definitely check it out at patreon.com slash Supergirl radio. And uh, so I just want to give a shout out to all of our Supergirl radio Patreon supporters. That would be Michael, Sam, Anne Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Deb, Naomi, and B. Brewster. So thank you all for your support and uh, helping us with uh, keeping the lights on at Supergirl Radio. And I guess we should talk about uh, the flat Supergirl contest that we're still running until, um, I don't know, October, November, whenever the show time. At some point, some point in the fall. You have, a, you have a long time to get your flat <laughs> super. You have no excuse because... <laughs> It's forever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So we are still running that contest. Surprise, surprise. And you can download and print that flat Supergirl, um, which you can find in the video description of this live stream, but also in the show notes of the audio podcast or on the right side of supergirlradio.com. Just cut Supergirl uh, out. You just taper to like a popsicle stick or a pen or a pencil, or you can just like, 
You can just walk around with flat Supergirl. I mean, she doesn't <laughs> have to have a popsicle stick. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Uh, you could take a, then you take a creative picture with her. Just doing whatever. Just doing whatever. Maybe she's going on a road trip. Maybe she's enjoying a nice ice cream cone. I don't know. I don't want to tell your flat Supergirl how to live. Um, <laughs> but once you take that picture, post it as many pictures as you like to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and tag at Supergirl Radio and use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah, so we do have a uh, recent submission uh, from uh, at VO underscore Christy. Uh, Flat Girl, Supergirl is uh, hanging out with Flat <laughs> Alex and Flat Kelly. So nice. I guess there was a, com a commission. I've seen some people uh, commissioned from uh, at Olin Samuel on Twitter to do uh, Flat Alex and Flat Kelly. So uh, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're really building out the team. Nice. Um, <laughs> we, need, we, need a, we need a flat Lena showing her flat clavicles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need a flat Martian Manhunter. We need a, we need a flat Dreamer and a, a and brainy. brainy. Yeah. yeah Get so the whole team in there. Yeah, so maybe one of these days we'll have a full team. But uh, <laughs> so I guess you could commission that if you would like uh, to do so. So that's really cool. I'm glad everybody is having uh, lots of fun with that because, you know, we, we just want to have a fun in the last season of Supergirl, no matter uh, how long that's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Could here. be a while. <laughs> could be a while. Who knows? Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I post the occasional picture over there. I'm also doing a lot more on my personal YouTube these days at youtube.com slash ducknogprod. So if you want to give me a subscription over there, uh, I'm live streaming just like this every Sunday for the foreseeable future at 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm looking at uh, top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, I'm looking at their negative reviews of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and it has been very eye-opening. Uh, I believe the next one we're going to look at this upcoming uh, Sunday is from uh, the Toronto Star, and um, he refers to the audience as popcorn-chewing suckers. So uh, take take that, for, that, <laughs> take that how you will. That makes me want popcorn. So. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's been so long since I've been in a movie theater. I'm like, popcorn chewing suckers. What luxury. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are really living the life. Ah, uh, uh, to go back and be a popcorn chewing sucker once more. <laughs> <laughs> Reading those reviews, I'm like, how did... How is this in a professional film critic review? I don't how why why would you why would you call your reader a sucker? I don't understand it. <laughs> uh, so we're going to dive into that and see what uh, uh, Peter I think it's Peter Howell from the Toronto Star to see what he said. So if you are interested in that, I'll, I'll just be um, uh, live streaming and I'm going to literally read the review and we're going to talk about it. So if you want to come join the live stream uh, and hear me read a review to you. Uh, please, please do. Please join me. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that sounds really fun. Um, have you found another, any other movies to watch in, in this, in this journey that you're taking? I know you found, what was the other one? What was the one that was oh, uh, in New Yorker? Uh, Francophonia. Francophonia. It ha have you found another Francophonia? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I don't know. I was not. That seemed long. <laughs> I was not really fond of the structure of it because I, I don't like voiceover as a general rule because I think it's used as a crutch. And I think you can tell a story without that. I don't film film is a genre really 
voiceover is unnecessary. You can do a lot more uh, with dialogue and visuals than just using voiceover. And that film was mostly voiceover. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was like the director uh, speaking in first person voiceover about the subject. There were occasionally like dramatizations of uh, historical figures like um, uh, Napoleon uh, kind of addresses the camera and the viewer. And he talks to, to the viewer about some art that features Napoleon. I think in the Louvre, those things <laughs> were the most interesting to me. But there was a, there was a situation where like there was a captain in a ship who was experiencing trouble, and I don't know that I ever connected that <laughs> in the story of the narrative of the film. I don't know. Some of it was really confusing. Um, I don't know if it was like a metaphor of like how we need to take care of art and preserve it. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I'm sure there are some other films that are going to come up as we look through some of these reviews because they they compare compare BBS to a lot of films uh, because they don't seem to actually want to discuss the film, which is unfortunate because that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do as a film critic, in my opinion. So that it's been it's been fun. It's uh, been interesting. There was actually um, a comment in one of the live chats where somebody said. Is is this how all reviews are? This I felt like this was, was supposed to be more than this, and I was like, yeah, this this is the way most of them are. So so if you don't read reviews a lot, uh, you're you're expecting something that is uh, disappointing uh, when you actually encounter it. So it's been a good exercise so far. Well, I'm excited to see what what else what other movies end up on your on your uh review list once you take this journey we'll see i'll, I'll start making a list for sure <laughs> you'll have to share it with us as you go along <laughs> <laughs> um okay you can find me on twitter and instagram i'm at mojotastic and you can also find me as a co-host on dctv after dark um and also as a co-host on the legends of tomorrow podcast uh, where that show is is still ongoing right now. Uh, it hasn't taken any um, mysteriously long breaks uh, <laughs> so far. Uh, so, so if you're watching Legends of Tomorrow and you're enjoying it, or if you're not watching it, you just want to know what's going on, we will tell you what's going on. Probably, kind of. We're going to give you also some historical um, uh, tidbits, but they're going to be not something that you could use in any kind of uh, academic setting or at a party. <laughs> it's not what I would call information so much as like <laughs> vague Googling and then kind of half remembered. Um, but we know a lot about Amelia Earhart now. And no. I feel like if you listen to the podcast, you will too. Uh, because Kat did absolutely no research on Amelia Earhart. And all I know is that she had a co-pilot named Fred. And they were bros. <laughs> she had a co-pilot. I never knew that about Amelia Earhart. Yeah, she had a na like a navigator named Fred. Um, well, he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> didn't do great. Not on, not Fred. a great job, Fred. I was like, is, <laughs> was Fred in her imagination like the Wil like Wilson on Castaway? Um, I'm not so terrible. Sure. <laughs> I'm not laughing at Amelia Earhart. I promise. I did a like. I think I did a book report God, on Amelia God, Earhart. Rebecca, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> But the idea of Amelia Earhart having a navigator just 
the, the irony just like, of that is... I think you just want to keep going around in circles, maybe. <laughs> I think you should go exactly near the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> that maybe, maybe that's a good place to go. Oh, come uh, on, Fred. Not a good job. Fred. Fred, it's all Fred's fault. So if you want to know, if you want to know more about Fred, <laughs> definitely listen to our podcast. It's like a history podcast with no actually history in it. <laughs> well, I think that is going to do it for this episode of uh, Supergirl Radio of tomorrow. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson, and I'm still Morgan Glennon, and we hope that you will check out Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow and support Supergirl Comics. the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.